Hello and welcome once again to the How Long To Beat podcast. Uh, I'm your host Rick and I'm joined by your other hosts, uh, Alex and Paula. That's probably not the best way. I sort of felt a little bit superior when I said that, I felt a little bit dirty. I had to sort of wind it back a little bit. <laughs> this week, we're going to do what we always do. We're going to talk about the games that we've beaten, retired and are currently playing. We're going to take on a topic, which this week is the sad impending passing of uh, our darling, the PlayStation Vita and the related PS3 and PSP. And then we're going to take a question from uh, friends of the podcast on the forums. And we're going to move on and finish on with a game we all like to call How, How Long, Long, to, Long beat? to Beat the, the game. 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 Possibly the worst one we've ever done. Actually, very close on my end. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see in the edit. We always do. Um, and just before we start, massive thank you to everyone who's given us questions. We've mm. got loads. Keep them coming. Don't stop. We've got a, a master list that we put them all into. So if you think of anything, let us know. And we will get around to it eventually. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, there are speaking, very great questions speak, too. <laughs> oh, there's some excellent ones, including one that we'll uh, foreshadow and get to a little bit later. Speaking of getting round to things, Alex, mm-hmm. do you want to tell us about the loop you've been going around? Oh God, yeah. Wow. Okay, yeah. So I beat this a while ago now. So I beat Loop Hero. I, I have broken the roguelike chain, I guess. I think this might be like the first roguelike I've actually beaten. I don't think I've ever beaten one hmm. before. I mean, okay, I technically beat Hades, but I didn't like beat beat Hades. You know what I'm saying? Beat, um, beat it, yeah. Yeah, but this one, I like, I beat beat this game. <laughs> um, and so it's a little hard to talk about this one because all of my thoughts about roguelikes apply to this game 1000%. Like it still has all the flaws of roguelikes where by the end of it, you're, you are just kind of grinding a little bit. And what is sad is that the writing in this I feel like it goes downhill the further you go in. Um, I should also say, though, like the developers of this game, English is not their first language. They seem like real cool dudes. I watched GDC played along with two of the members on it, um, talking about the creation of it. And it's a fascinating piece, right? Like for those who don't know, essentially it's, God, it's such a combination of things. I, I call it a roguelike, but like it's a deck builder, but it's also kind of an idle game but it's a clicker game in some ways, um, but also it's a dungeon crawler. And like, it's just kind of all of these things. And you're basically on this loop um, that's randomly generated each time. And you have cards that you're dealt and you're dealt those cards based on like things that you've built up in your settlement, right? So you, the conceit is that some sort of God has like destroyed the world and you're trying to like force it back into existence through like remembrance, um, which is a really cool concept and mostly pays off. But again, I just find that the hero starts off like pretty interesting, but then kind of devolves into this sort of like kind of narcissistic, not very interesting character who seems to sort of like kind of take things at face value throughout the game. So that was a little disappointing. But the core gameplay loop (laughs) is incredible. I mean, I, by the end of it, just figured out how these systems worked so well. And like cards have synergies with each other. And I remember like every time you discover one, you're like, oh, holy shit, what's that? Wait, wait a minute, what is that? And like you see like suddenly a new thing appears on your map and you're like, oh, how did I do that? I'm gonna make sure to do that next time. And then you discover like the things that work well together. I honestly think the rogue class is kind of broken. Like I got to a like 
over 50 loop run, which understand that many loops don't even go past 10 usually. Um, Usually you're dead before that and you almost always face the boss well before the seventh one. And so I got to like 50 something because I basically turned it into an automated game at a certain point because my guy was so strong that he would enter into a battle and just bang, 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 kill everybody. Um, And so nothing could really stop me. Um, But that being said, I only got there because I learned how to most effectively build my deck and play my cards, right? Like it wasn't a fluke that I managed that, you know? And in general, this isn't a game that I think you can really fluke your way through. Like you really have to learn its systems and how it works and its systems are fun and engaging. So yeah, it's it's one of those roguelikes where I have to say, it's also perfect if you're in school right now or if you have to do something where like you don't need to pay full attention because eventually when you get really good at the game, you can kind of only half look at it um, when you're in the higher like loops. So for me, it was perfect. Like sometimes, I mean, Rick, you saw one day I just had loop here playing the entire day. And that's because like I was actively maybe playing that game for an hour that day, but I just kind of let it go through its loop and I would like check in to be like when it stopped at the end of a loop and I'd go, okay, let it go again. <laughs> it was kind it of It was fun. a running theme for about a fortnight. It would be yeah. uh, logging to Discord, Alex playing loop here mm-hmm. all the yep. time. Yeah, it was, just, it's, it's great. It's just great. Um, so yeah, I really I really recommend it, but I don't know. I think it's 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 very niche and I can easily see how a lot of people would just be like, "No, they bounce right off this thing," you know? Like I can uh, yeah, I can just see how that would happen, but it, it just hit everything right for me, you know? And it also it was about 25 hours all told when I finished, which felt to me like a good amount of time, you know? Like I didn't feel like it wasted my time throughout it. And remember that not all of that time was active. Maybe 15 hours or so was actually a very actively playing the game, um, which could be a downside for some. But for me, it was totally fine. Pop out a podcast, get some work done, play it on, you know, windowed browser while you're going to town. Like I'm like, I don't know, I like it. Anyway, that's Loop Hero. It's good stuff. Glad you liked it. I really can't imagine it being... For me, for all the reasons we said last time, I don't really want to rehash that ground. I'm glad you liked it. You're clearly not the only one. It's got a lot of positive buzz. Mm. So that is uh, awesome. Um, I might jump in next, if you don't mind, Paola. Um, Go ahead. So I've got two short browser games and an accidental completion. Um, The latter being uh, Theatre Rhythm Final Fantasy Curtain Call for the 3DS which has sort of been my loop hero in the sense that I've played it sort of in between things. It's a nice pickup, put down. Less so in the sense that it doesn't require all your attention. It really does. But more in the sense that because it's a music game, you can pick it up for three minutes and put it down. Even in some of the slower songs, there's options to, or opportunities rather, to pause it in the middle of a song, put it down and then come back to it. Because the music's so iconic, it's all Final Fantasy stuff. Most of the songs that I played, I knew either in passing from Dissidia or, or from actually playing the games. Uh, it was quite easy to put down and pick up in that sense. The sort of central progression system of the game is slightly weird. There's like a global experience system called Rhythmia, and you get a little bit every time you complete a song. Uh, and the way it works is once that counter hits 20,000, you're forced straight into a song where like chaos is the enemy. And then you complete the song and the credits roll. And I, I literally <laughs> sat with the console in my hand and was like, what? I finished it. And obviously I haven't finished it. Like I don't think I've even played half of the songs in the game. The amount of content is fucking nuts. Um, but it's a great game. It, it, you'll know whether it's going to be for you from the outset. If you like any of that music, if you like rhythm games, 
you're going to have a great time with this one. You know, it's not perfect. The RPG system's pretty superfluous. Uh, it definitely feels a little bit padded in terms of the uh, in-game sort of achievement system that they've implemented. But the the core, which is what you go for, excellent. No problems, no complaints. Really, really good. Um, yeah, and then I played two really silly, really short browser games. The first one um, from HLTV recommended creator Cecile Richard, uh, a game called Beachcombing. Uh, the weakest of their games to date. One, in terms of design, um, it's really, really obfuscated how you move between screens. I literally spent two or three minutes walking around the first screen before I realized that there's like a, a specific pattern that's supposed to guide you to the next area. Mm. It's not very well signposted. Um, also, the game, it's like a jam game, so you're just like a bird on a beach, talking to other animals, looking at stuff. You interact with the bottle, and it's like, huh, humans love this beer that's in those bottles. And it's like, okay, it's very limited for what it is. But it's still, you know, it's still all right. It's worth worth checking out if you like um, the kind of stuff they're doing generally. Um, and then the other one is called Dress Code Human. So the concept is you have a party in two minutes. The dress code, human. And you, like, scroll through different drawers, and you have to, like, paint skin on yourself and try and organize hats and eyes and and all the rest of it. But because your character's bobbing and moving slightly, um, you can't necessarily place things exactly how you want them, and things rotate and they shift, and you end up with this really stupid, wacky thing in the end. Um, And I'm not certain, but I think it crowdsources other people's creations into the party at the end. Cool. Um, Just a dumb, throwaway little experience. It's hard to be sort of too critical one way or the other. Like it entertained me for two minutes and I got a chuckle out of it. And I think if I didn't, I'll certainly double check at the end of the podcast and I'll add it. Um, I think that's in my recommendations on the HLTB itch.io page. So if that sounds like a lot of fun to you and I, I concur, it really is. Um, give yourself a couple minutes, go check that out. Nice. What about you, Paula? Yeah. Well, I finished one of the Cecil Research, Cecil Research games that Ooh. is Crow Crime. A murder mystery. Ooh. I really love the playing words there because it is a mystery, but by murder, they refer to the group of crows that are a in murder the game. of crows. Very good. Yes. Just got that <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah. I wish the audience could see both me and Alex just did that oh face, <laughs> like in sync. Yeah, it was very fun. Um, it was like a little more silly experience. Someone ate the pudding, they have to figure out who did it. And compared to the other games from this creator that I played, it is a little bit weaker, but it was just like fun little thing to pass time with. Nice. Hmm. Nice. Well, that's all we beat this week. Not a whole lot. Yeah. So let's move on to what we no. retired. Um, yes. I'll, ju- I'll jump in because I retired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Paola's got nothing this week. <laughs> um, Shocker. Yeah. Well, I retired uh, another roguelike, the one I talked about last week, Cave Noir. I still highly recommend this game. It's just, you know, it's a roguelike and it's on the Game Boy. There's a certain point where I'm just like, I'm done. You know, like it got kind of tough because, again, there's four dungeons in it. And um, there's, I think, 10 levels for each dungeon. But to complete the game, I think you only have to beat level six of each of them. And I got to level five in all of them. And when you hit level five, it just starts to get like... It's just tough at that point, you know? Like, you feel like if you were to proceed, you have to do it perfectly in order to beat the level. Um, And I was just sort of like, I got what I wanted out of this, you know? I'm not gonna... 
if I was a young kid or something at the time, I probably would have like spent all the time figuring out exactly how to get to that final level. But at this point in my life, I'm like, nope, got what I needed. Not going to torture myself with the rest of it. I still really recommend it to people, even just to just to see it, like just to see what was being done at that time um, and sort of like the roots of these sort of games and to have a surprisingly fun time with it, you know? It's it's surprisingly engaging. Do look up the manual, though. You're going to find a couple important things if you read the manual, and the manual is very charming. So, Oh, and I didn't mention this last week, but this is a Japanese game, so you need to have a translation. Um, you can easily find that. Like, I just had a translated ROM from a ROM dump. Um, but if you're going to look up, like, the English release or something, the U.S. release, like, just know that doesn't exist. It was Japan only, so just make sure you find a, a translation of it. But not that it really matters. There's not much text in this game. <laughs> and what about you, Rick? It, oh, sorry. Yeah. Well, I was going to say no. I was just I was going to just segue it because interestingly, the the one I retired is kind of similar. So, um, I was playing a game last week called Blind Jump, um, which is still good, and it's it's a soft retirement. I've dropped it in. Um, I have a custom tab on on the website howlongtobeat.com if you haven't heard of it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my, one of my custom tabs is to be continued. So it's games that. I don't want to outright retire and, and be done with, um, but I do want to to put to one side for now and, and come back to. Um, so Theatre Rhythm's gone in there, even though I've completed it, because I've, I've still got like half of the songs to go back to and play at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and Blind Jump's gone in there because although it's good fun, um, although it's interesting and enjoyable as, as a homebrew project that someone's put together and as a game in its own right, um, I'm supposed to be playing Hades, <laughs> I, I, I that that one sort of ended up on the back burner a little bit and it's like well i really want to go back and carry on with that i can't justify spinning both those plates at the same time so the rom's still on my flashcard. um it's on my backlog I'll, I'll come back to it at some point and um because of the way that roguelite works i've got a little bit of progression um to get back to it at that point when i carry on um nice yeah so that that's me um well that's what we were shall I just wrong yeah, so I was going to say, should I just roll straight on into playing? Um, yeah, tell us what you're playing, Very Mike. briefly on Hades, um, <laughs> because I'm sort of not playing it. I mean, I, I am. I'll come back to it. I just haven't touched it in the past week and a half. Um, ditto Ghost of Steam Legends, ditto Rocket League. Um, and Rocket League's fallen a little bit, by the wayside, because for anyone who's listening that plays Fall Guys, um, they just dropped the new season's worth of content. By, it, it's a big drop. It's probably the biggest one they've done since they started. There's like seven new stages. Mm. Um, various new cosmetics and what have you. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't seem like there's a new end game stage. And for the first few days when they had a, a playlist that was just all the new maps, it always seemed to end on this final stage where you've got two rotating circles and it's like last man standing. I fucking hate that end zone. So I ended up just playing the regular, uh, the regular rotation. But I, I've played loads of it. I've played a lot of it. It's a great game to have stuff on in the background too. It's as fun as it was when it when it launched sort of six, nine months ago. And um, there's loads of cool cosmetics always sort of bouncing around. And for a game that ostensibly has a microtransaction model, um, and this may well change because obviously they've just been bought out by Epic. And already Epic have had them for like a minute. And it's already got like a daily challenge thing on the left side of the screen. It's like, oh, I don't want to think about that. Ugh. Like, it, it, it's a weird one. This is a, this is a proper tangent. But as, as someone who's seen Rocket League sort of 
slowly be sullied by the epic connection i'm sort of seeing what i saw there in 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 fall guys a little bit so rocket league has all these different challenges and ongoing things and various stuff to try and nudge you in the direction of the battle pass and the the microtransactions that they would quite like you to make in this game and it's free to play now so it's a slightly different proposition uh, but they were doing it that way for like 12, 18 months before they made that shift. So um, for me, that's not a reasonable defense to it. Fall Guys looks like it might be starting to do the same. Now, as it stands, their battle pass is, is free for everyone. It's the same track for everyone. It's the same pace for everyone. Um, you can either spend money on Kudos, which isn't even the premium currency. The, the, the premium currency is crowns, which you can only get by winning a level or winning a, winning a game, rather. Um, and you can also buy like discrete packs of cosmetics where it's like these four costumes and you get exactly what you buy my worry is that changes sooner rather than later and then it just becomes a bit gross but the game's good and the drop's good and if you have four guys already um you probably don't need me to tell you that that's happening and to get back so yeah i've been playing a lot of that um i've gone back to freedom wars that one redeemed itself and i think i, I think i said to both of you in the discord um i think i was just at a really bad part because right after we stopped recording uh, or maybe even the next day um, I played for like another hour and a bit, um, ended up doing some actual gameplay, um, and then the whole thing opened up. Plus, it gave us fast travel, which was one of my, I think I literally said last week, I wish you could fast travel between the locations. Um, and the game heard me, and it was like, oh, go on then, you can fast travel now. Um, the, the core's good, and it, it was good when I was saying that stuff last time. So I can't see myself doing a lot of the end game stuff. Again, it, it's not particularly my genre. But I am having a really good time with it. Love the setting. Um, mechanically, it's really sound. Uh, the story's quite interesting. It's, it's starting to go places now. Um, so that's a lot of fun. You know, and sorry, between, just, oh, just sorry, to interject, because no, I realized I retired this game. Like last week, like you'd been talking about it. And I was like, why do I know this game? And like, I was like, oh, shit, Vita. <laughs> yeah, okay. And then I looked it up. And, you know, I don't know if people can maybe relate a little bit to this, but there are these like... <laughs> And I hate to use this too, but like there are these like anime games, right? That they've had this like style. I don't know what it is. And it's often ones that are based on, so this is like kind of an exception, but there are often ones that are based off of, I don't know, like actual anime and stuff, right? Where it's this sort of like, like the Digimon Cyber Sleuths, like these kind of things where like, I try to get into them, but they're like the core design, they just feel really generic. And it's like, I don't know what it is, but there's something about it. And I, I can't find necessarily an equivalent, but like maybe in like uh, the West, but like maybe in the West, it's like the, you know, the free to play model games. Like, I don't know, maybe Marvel's Avengers is a good example where it's like, there's something where it feels like it's sort of like a copy paste sort of thing where it's like fit in. Our, Do you mean aesthetically? Aesthetically, yes. That's kind of what I'm talking right, about. Right, right. Yeah, aesthetically, but also mechanically in some ways too, in some ways. Um, just that it's like, oh, this is kind of a brawler thing where you're going to do this, 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 this. And then you have these like long list menus and you have to go and like, I don't know, all your interactions kind of feel the same. Like, I, I don't know how to just, how to really describe it, but like Digimon's one of those ones that I think of. This game, Freedom Wars, even games that are excellent, like that one on the astral chain even like that kind of game like all of that sort of the new scarlet nexus like all those games in that sort of world for some reason they just don't do it for me there's something about them that i just they just don't work i don't know what it is it just doesn't work for me i definitely know what you mean visually in terms of like the half house between sort of 3d and an actual yeah. like hand-drawn animation there's like a specific look 
Mm-hmm. In terms of gameplay, like it is a bugbear with Freedom Wars that there's like three different sets of menus and they all do slightly different things. Mm. Um, but mechanically, I don't, I don't think that's the case at all. Again, I don't really play Monster Hunter games, so maybe that's just a, a blind spot in terms of my gaming history. I don't know. But I, it, it's good. And, and for as long as the servers are still up, it's uh, <laughs> a great way to get some multiplayer action going on the Vita. Have you played this Our one, Palo? I know, I know yeah. you're a fellow inhabitant of the island. Um, for the worst, no, not yet. I am planning of getting a copy because I saw one like in a local in a local store for very cheap. So let's see if I can get my hands on it before anyone else. <laughs> yeah, and that that's another great bit of foreshadowing to what we're going to be talking about in just a little bit. Also on my Vita, uh, I've been playing a game called Neurovoider. So it's like a twin stick roguelite um, by the makers of Scourgebringer. That's kind of how I got turned onto it um, because they've, they've got a game coming out next month. And it's like, who the hell are these guys? And saw the game, thought it's pretty cheap. It was like £7 or something like that. I'll give it a go. It's good with a caveat. And that caveat is your mileage may vary in terms of how comfortable it is on the Vita. So you have like four specific controls primary and secondary fire on your left and right your skill and um your class specific ability now because you need both sticks at all times what they've had to do or what they've decided to do is put those last two the the skill and the class specific ability uh on the left and right hand side of the back touchpad which is a problem because it's very easy to hit accidentally and most of those skills are either on a cooldown like the health um, skill that I've been using, or have a, a specific risk reward that you want to be intentionally using. So, like I've been, um, I've been gravitating towards the, I think it's called the Rampager class, uh, which is all about firepower. It's not super mobile. Um, it's like a jack of all trades sort of thing. Its special ability is to unload all of its ammo in one salvo quicker than it would otherwise fire. But then you've got to let your EP recharge. So if you touch that accidentally while you're moving, you either have to wait for it to recharge or potentially you're then going to walk into enemies defenseless. So my solution and the reason it's not been a problem um, is I have one of the Hori grips for the Mm. 2000. I use it for specific things. So like when I played Borderlands 2, uh, fun fact, I played the whole campaign of that on the Vita and actually quite enjoyed it. Like it's definitely the worst way to play that game, but it's still a good game. (laughs) Um, Freedom Wars, I don't. I'm happy enough holding the Vita naked on that. Uh, but for Neurovoider, I have to play it with the grip. Um, and if you're someone who can who can hold it without touching the back pad, might not be a problem for you. Um, if you've got a grip yourself, might not be a problem for you. You should know that going in. That aside, it's actually a really good roguelite. Um, gives you lots of choices. There's loads of customization. It's very flexible. I think the boss design may be quite limited. It seems like there's just one boss for the three stages before the final. That could change. I've only done a couple of runs. But overall, great game. And then finally, um, I've been playing a little mobile phone game. I think it's available on PC as well. It's a Devolver game uh, called Witch Eye. So it's um, like a level-based, I hesitate to call it a platformer. Basically, you you are an eye. You're the, the witch's eye. Um, and you swipe a direction to move in a direction. You tap to stop. And it's kind of a bit pinball-esque. You send yourself careening around these screens. Um, you've got to hit enemies, but like from the correct side and at the correct time, you've got to avoid environmental hazards and uh, pick up collectibles. 
it's good fun. I got it for cheap. I don't know if it's got much staying power is the only thing, but it also seems quite short. So watch that space, I guess. Also, if any of you have played it on um, PC, um, both you two and people listening, I suppose, I'd be very curious to know how it controls because I can't imagine that scheme translating very well at all. Um, but on mobile, it's great. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, so, pa- yeah, that. Oh, yeah. That's me. Go on. Sorry. I was just going to say, Paula, do you want to go next then? Um, so that we can yep. have a buffer Give between a you two yeah. talking about the PS3 later. <laughs> I'll have things to say, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Not a hint of bitterness whatsoever. <laughs> nope. So, I've been playing well, Animal Crossing uh, New Horizons on Switch because I got on my power the Sanrio Amiibos for the game. That gives you like extra furniture and stuff. So if anyone from the forums didn't get to, didn't get the the amiibo cards and wants the items, you can just message me on the forums or, or wherever, and I just I can just let you have them. Nice. Oh, Age of Empires Two, the definitive edition, is another game that I undusted a little bit because it's been a while since I played an RTS, and. I pretty much just play with uh, with my boyfriend because we're we're like, hey, it's been a while since we played this game. Let's play this game. The definitive edition, like that version of the game, looks so pretty. Mm-hmm. It has like all the the human races and stuff from the original game. Though I think they're like two that you have to purchase separately. But overall, great game. It ages like a fine wine. And it's very fun. I, I just love that all the servers from the all three Age of Empire games are up, unlike other servers, but we're on that later. <laughs> and finally, I made a lot of progress on Steam Prison. Again, Steam Prison, a drama game based, placed on this kind of like dystopian society. Because, yeah, it is a dystopia where this, the main character is living. She got sent down because uh, she was like, Someone committed a crime and pretty much like for evidence, so they would send her down instead. And I say down because like the uh, steam prison, like the the city it starts at, it's like suspended among the clouds. And anyone who commits a crime is sent down like exiled from it. So far, I've completed three routes, so I know like why this place is the way it is. I know what's beyond the wall that is the prison. And I also come to know why the uh, the protagonist, Cuse, was framed for murder in the first place. Mm, yeah. And the game still the has six more routes. Oh, geez. Okay. <laughs> How many routes are we talking here? How much content is there? Is that nine? The PC version has five routes. Huh. The Switch version has six. And I think it has like a lot extra content, like after each of the endings kind of thing. It's mainly fun service, but it's there for the fans of the game, of the of the mini characters. The story is pretty good so far. And the localization, because there has been um a couple of issues with the latest automated localizations, especially for Maxis. This one, Steam Person was localized in-house, I think. I may be wrong. If you purchase the physical Switch edition, you can select between English and Japanese and another language, and I forgot. And it is a pretty good translation. No typo so far, I think. 
Is typos um, a common no, problem? No, yeah, it, they've been a common problem, especially like I think it was color Malice, color cross Malice Unlimited, that not only had typos, but also it had like um, a couple of text box missing. It was patched anyway, so don't <laughs> worry about that if you're going to play that game. In Fifira, there were like a couple of lines that were unfinished. And I think that's about it from the ones I remember the most. So yeah, I really look forward to finishing this game and talking about it like more in depth because I'm trying not to, so I don't repeat myself in the future. <laughs> um, so yeah, what have you been playing, Alex? Yes, well, I have been playing a lot of very fun games. <laughs> um, also a lot of shooters. Um, I started playing Doom Eternal, which... I absolutely love this thing. This it's it's I think better than the first one. Something about it just like I never actually finished the first one. And I will say though, and this is common for me in shooters, I got no goddamn clue what's going on. Um I'm just like, ooh, hell something earth. Bah shoot things, you know? And like I'm like, that's all I need. You know what I mean? I'm like, it's fine. I don't need any bigger explanation. I'm like, what's that big giant mech thing? Ooh, am I gonna see some of those later? Like, you know, I'm just like, this is cool. There is one part though, whenever I have to do any platforming. I genuinely am just like, why? Like, it's not bad or anything. I mean, it's mostly good, but it's just like... Oh, no, it is bad. Why the, am I doing sections this? later on that are very, very bad. Are they? Me. Okay. I've hit some that are, like, <laughs> annoying and that weren't, like, horrible yet. But uh, that's, yeah, I have a feeling. You know, you mentioned this, Rick. Like, you lose health when you fuck up these seg- segments. And then it really sucks when you go into the next battle. You're like, oh, dang it, I don't have health. And I have to, like, spend the battle trying to make sure I get some um yeah or at least you start at a disadvantage obviously yeah um the the newer dooms are set up in such a way that you can get health back yeah. quite easily from uh from like glory kills and you can pick mm-hmm. up armor as well with the mm-hmm. flame belch now too yeah. um but yeah yeah and that's the thing like, you, you just know that you're like oh now i have to prioritize doing that the combat's really fun i think i've just hit the point now i'm only i'm not very far in i'm probably like a third of the way through the campaign and i just hit the point where suddenly now i'm dying in battle like a fair bit and i'm like ah crap okay i gotta i gotta buckle down now and like actually strategically go through this which i i do appreciate they they it feels fairly well paced at this point uh no idea if i'll actually beat this game i don't know what it is about the doom new doom games i think they're incredible but sometimes i'm like eh, i'm just done um but we'll see so far so far i'm enjoying it there's a lot of extra systems in this game too though that i'm just like oh my god oh that's arguably way too much yeah like your ship is there's just so much going on in that thing and i'm like i don't really need all this (laughs) oh one thing i will say i'm playing it with the elite 2 controller back paddles for shooters incredible my uh thumb never has to leave the right stick ever now and i have to say that makes combat so fucking smooth like it's something i didn't realize i needed because i often thought like what are the back freaking pedals for right like i don't need these in rpg I all the time in the world to stop and pick you know which one i want to use but really shooters is where it, it shines so well um anything action or timing orientated without a doubt i'm a i'm a big proponent for back buttons um because you get you get four paddles on the ste- on the uh on the elite controller right yeah um playstation you're limited to two if you like have the official means uh, but even two like it makes all the difference because like you say you can keep your thumbs on the stick so much more often yeah well what's amazing is that with four of them they're positioned so perfectly like they're literally positioned exactly where your fingers 
are on the back of the controller anyway, you know? And like, I can put the A, B, X, Y buttons all on there. And I can also change it up depending on the game that I want, right? Like I can just decide, like I have three different profiles that I can switch to. And it's like, sometimes you have to like remind yourself, like muscle memory occasionally will make me go click the other one. But like, I'm getting there and it it feels pretty great. Um, Speaking of shooters, I'm also playing Halo, Master Chief Collection still, the first one, Combat Evolved, uh, with my uh, with my girlfriend, which has been incredibly fun. I'm slowly getting her addicted uh, to games. <laughs> She'll like ask if, 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 if I want to play Halo at night, and I'm like, yes, <laughs> I do want to play Halo. Um, and we're really close to the end of this one, actually. We're, we just beat, I think, the eighth mission last night. There's only 10 of them. And, oh, man, that eighth mission, shit, I forgot how hard that game gets. But, like, it's like a good hard, you know, like, and it's hard because the AI is smart, you know, like where I was driving a banshee and like, I'm going down into this cave and they're like, you have to go into the cave to get it. And then all of a sudden I explode. I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm like, oh yeah, it's because there's a flood with a rocket launcher. And you're like, God, they knew exactly what I was going to do. Um, and it's just, yeah, I don't know. I'm really loving it. I will say though, we've been playing it without the enhancements, like without the graphical enhancements, so much better. The graphical enhancements are... Mm. Not great. Noodle is this like this um, content creator on YouTube. He makes these like an- little animated like video essays and stuff. He has a really good video about the the um, the anniversary edition and like kind of why it misses the mark. But it it muddies the colors a lot. Like the original, yeah, it's a little dated now. But I actually find that like the enemies pop out from the backgrounds nicely, so you can see what you're shooting at. And then when you do it with the new updated graphics. Y- you just you're like where are they i can't see them uh half the time because it just blends in too much so on the gamepad you can just click like the equivalent of the select button and it'll just swap like instantaneously between the two looks which is pretty cool i think it's tab on pc or something like that anyway i love that in remakes though just being able to switch back and forth monkey island did it as well yeah and it's amazing just being able to I think Wonder Boy does that too uh, on the Switch. Hmm. That one, yeah, the new ones, the remakes, you can just pop right between. It's, it, it is really awesome, especially if you're just like, oh, I want to enjoy this new one, or you're like, ah, because it's the best of both worlds, right? For those of us who've got nostalgia, we're like, no, I'd rather just play the old one on the nicer new resolutions. So it's like, I can just do that. And then for others, they can play the updated. Uh, I'm also playing Final Fantasy V on the Game Boy Advance. Uh, I'm actually playing this with a hack that um, replaces all the music with the SNES music. So it's like the orchestration and everything, which is awesome. It is gorgeous sounding. So I would actually say this is the ultimate version of this game. The SNES version is obviously incredible, but I think the Game Boy Advance version, it has like a few little upgrades. And if you put that music into it, it's like, you're losing nothing now. Um, And the reason I got this actually is because, I don't know if people heard, Boss Fight Books, they're this little, um, this company who make these sort of like, I don't even know what to call them. Like they're almost like expanded essays, I guess, about games. Um, and they often range from kind of personal also to interviews. And I'd been really curious and wanted to get some, and I found a good deal on some of them because in Canada, they can be a little expensive sometimes. Um, and I saw one about Final Fantasy V and I was like, I'm just curious. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pick it up. And I was like, I should probably play the game if I'm going to, you know, read it, even though I bought two others on NBA Jam and uh, Spelunky, even though I've never played Spelunky. I think I played NBA Jam, but ages ago, never in the arcades. (laughs) Uh, But they're just really interesting uh, books. And I have to say, I absolutely love this game. Like, I have bounced off a number of older Final Fantasies and like JRPGs and stuff. But there's something about this one. It's so 
expertly balanced. Like I have never needed to grind in this game. And also though, like you, you, there are some really tough battles, but what it does is you have like 20 job classes that you can switch um, any for all four of your characters can switch into any job at any time, but you can also transfer abilities over that you've learned from other jobs. So you can take one ability that you've learned from another job to pop it and slot it into another ability. Now, realistically, when you level up, your base stats are going to level up based on the job that you're using at the time. So yeah, there's freedom in switching up the jobs, but realistically, once you've, you've pegged a character as like mage-ish, they're going to stick to the mage roles pretty much if you if you want to be very effective. Um, but it gives tons of replayability because you can arguably just kind of choose whatever you know combination you want and go to town with it um, throughout the game. And so, yeah, and it's kind of sad because this game didn't come to the West initially when it was released. You know, it was came out in 1992 and it was like nine years later that it was released um, in the West. And I don't even know when it was released in Europe. I know Europe had a miserable experience getting Final Fantasy games in general. And I feel like, because like the book talks about this too, how like in Japan, this is seen as a classic, right? Like one of the best SNES games ever made. Because obviously it came out there and it was incredible. But, you know, in America, it's like, or, you know, in the English speaking world, basically, it it's essentially... I think undervalued because, you know, four came out, I think as two, and then six came out as three, right? And once you've already received six, which arguably six does kind of like, um, just improve on what, what five brings when you when you launch five, nine years later on the PlayStation one amidst the innovations that six brought amidst all the new JRPGs that are coming out. 2D graphics were no lo- weren't like cool at that point, right? Like it without now they are. Now when you play it you're like this is gorgeous, this is kind of nostalgic, this works nicely. And so I th- I think it could find another audience now. Um and I I really recommend people to try this out because I actually think it might be one of the best of the Final Fantasies. Um it's certainly one of the best that I've experienced so far because at first I just thought, "Oh, I'll kind of play it," but I've been finding myself being like, "I really want to play Final Fantasy. I really want to play it." And like getting <laughs> sucked into it and just really enjoying it. So, yeah, H- have either of you tried this one at all? I haven't. But I have played three, which obviously the the system Mm. in five. It's a weird quirk because the blind spot, like you say, because of the way they were released in the West, Mm. are two, three, and five, all three of which experimented in some way with the job system. Obviously, we don't talk about Final Fantasy two. We we leave that where it is. Um, But but three, three, certainly the DS remake of three um, is bloody excellent. Um, And knowing that the five builds on that, um, set up. I'm quite excited when I get around to it. Uh, fun fact: If anyone's looking, you can actually buy um, repro cartridges with that SNES patch for the music. You can um, buy like Game Boy re- repro ones, can you? Yeah, people nice. have, people have um, like patched it and put it together, and, and it's just ready to slot in. I mean, I've got a flash card, so I won't. But uh, if someone didn't want to like muck around with that, you can just get it sort of ready baked. Nice. I will say too, nice. as a like a warning, you're going to want to make sure that you play it on original hardware because that's what that patch is intended for i think they they said that Uh, on emulators maybe it'll work but they're like it's a little more iffy he's like i know this works on original hardware with flashcards but there's just like i don't know emulators are a different deal i'm sure it's fine but that's a warning that they give um yeah what about you pala did you play it 
Um, no, I haven't. I've played the first one. I um, retired the second one. Um, <laughs> and yet to play the third one. We don't talk about that second one here. We, are we don't talk people. about the second one. No, that's kind Why of the case. Second one. They skipped straight to three, didn't they? That was that was a even Dragon Quest thing. is like that too, though, right? Like the first one's like, ooh, fun, and then Dragon Quest two, people are like, <sighs> and then Dragon Quest three, they're like, that's amazing. <laughs> like I think it's kind of the same thing. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Growing pains, right? Yeah, it, like, difficult um, second album. No, that, hmm? Like Zelda two, the adventure of Link. No one talks about that one. Yeah. So it's it's like, it is enough. Yeah. People are it's second out. album syndrome. You know, what is interesting too, though, like from what I was learning, you know, the job system thing is actually one of the reasons why it didn't come here because basically they thought America's too dumb. Um, and they yeah. weren't wrong, honestly. <laughs> like, I mean, I, like all of us, I, 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 you know, I'm like not, but just honestly, like when they tested it with people, people were like, ah, I don't get it. Like there was just too much going on at the time. Um, and they even released Final Fantasy IV, I, I believe the international release Final Fantasy IV, um, they dumbed it down. They actually simplified the game and some of the mechanics, and they re-released it in Japan as Final Fantasy IV Easy Type. Um, and so it was like the easier oh version. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly, right? Like, and I kind of get it though, because sometimes, like, I'm really loving the systems in this game, and I really love doing it. But I also recognize that occasionally I'm like, I don't want to mess with systems. I just want to play my game. Um, but I don't know. It's a tough balance. I think this one strikes the balance extremely well because it's very fun to figure out like, ooh, who do I want exactly? And like, what combinations are going to work nicely? And what abilities do I even want? Like, do I want to just stick with this one or do I want to switch? Like, I just started playing as a Mystic Knight and I'm like, oh, this is really cool. I can like still use my Knight abilities while doing a Spellblade. And like, I have a Summoner who's also a Black Maid. I don't know. It's really cool. And like, I finally understand APB now too. Um, whenever I'm saying the new Final Fantasy, I was like, why do they keep giving me APB? I was like, it doesn't make any sense in Final Fantasy VII Remake because there's no like, you know, ability points. But in and this now one, you have the, yeah. Yeah, because ability points level up your job, right? And you're, so you have your leveling up and your job level. And so ability points are essentially experience points for your job. But I didn't know that playing Final Fantasy VII Remake. I was like, what the hell are these things for? <laughs> um <laughs> So anyway, really, really cool. And I highly recommend Boss Fight books. It's really interesting right now. I'm going to be going through a lot more of them. I have one on Star Wars Knights of the Republic, Shovel Knight, and like, what was the other one? Oh, I one Spelunky, of, you said. Spelunky, yeah, Spelunky. But there's also one on Bible Adventures, which is like really fascinating because it's like this, yeah, knockoff, like Ness. Anyway, I'll talk more about them later as I read them. So if I'm not playing games, I'm reading about them. Um, <laughs> and the last thing, I'm playing Metal Gear Solid Game Boy. I haven't really made much more progress. Still good. That's, that's kind of it. Okay. Nice. We're doing good time-wise. I'm very proud of us. Lots of time to talk <laughs> about our new our topic this week, um, which is... PSP, PS3, and PS Vita stores are officially closing. I believe, what is it? End of, yeah. like, near the end of this year? August or something like that? Start of July mm-hmm. um, for PSP and PS3. Um, uh, end of August for Vita. Yeah. Which is very, very sad. Fuck Sony. Let's just get that one out of the way. Um, the Kratons. Oh, it's not economically viable to keep the store up. Fuck you. I did see a hilarious thing, though. Like, a, a great <laughs> comment that was like, Nintendo fans, oh, first time? Like, <laughs> yeah. the other one, the other one, the absolute fucking cheek of the cunts, at the bottom of the letter that they sent out an email, they're, obviously their tagline, 
play has no limits. Like, clearly, <laughs> fucking good. You're setting the parameters of those limits. Play has no limits, except for a couple of years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> except for on our balance sheet, apparently. So, mm. um, we've we've got a few things we want to talk about around this, and by that I mean I typed out a few different things that we can talk about within this structure. Um, so the first one is sort of a legacy point. So this isn't just PS3, PSP, and PS Vita. It's it the almost PS1 and PS2 classics. Exactly, because um, I think yeah. some PS2 classics are available on PS4, but loads of them aren't. Um, and the PS1 classics, they just straight up aren't on PS4. And there's no possible reason for that not to be the case. I think I had a conversation with someone on Discord about this, about whether whether the experience is exactly the same. It's like PS4's as close to a computer as consoles had ever gotten. Mm. I don't accept that your emulator would have problems running. And if it did, I don't accept that you couldn't pay a couple of guys uh, to throw a fresh emulator together, even if you end up clean rooming a homebrew project <laughs> or licensing something out like they did for the PlayStation Classic. That isn't their emulator. I was about they to say, though, that. I was like, but then you couldn't sell a PlayStation oh. Classic at $100, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't sell the PlayStation Classic at $100. That's part of the problem because they fucked it. I know, That's I know. Well, also it's because PS1 games aren't... <laughs> Look, okay, listen... PS1 games, there are some classics in there, but let's be real. A lot of them, especially of the initial 3D graphics, nah, haven't held up that great. Like, you'd play them and you're like, this is some shit. Are you trying to say the Jumping Flash isn't a classic platformer? (laughs) Is that really the argument you're making? (laughs) Oh, do you not? It's basically like the first 3D first person platformer. Mm. Controls like trash. Um, and it also is one of the big inspirations for Bubsy 3D. Yeah. Because they oh. didn't, obviously it's that period, they didn't have a frame of reference of putting 3D together. So, like, oh, that's what that's what other people are doing. Let's try and do something within those constraints. Anyway. I will admit, like, I, I, I'm sad to see, but like also part of me is just like, it's frustrating that I can't get PS2 games on my PS4 anyway, unless you play, you know, go for PS now, which Jesus, let, let, me, let me guess that Don't. they start <laughs> putting more and more stuff into that. Um, but I'm going to be real with you here. Like, if they think I'm going to pay for any of their digital stuff again, they're plain wrong. Like, why would I pay to stream something from them? If they can't even keep my purchase active, why on earth would they keep the library up to date? Well, I, I think the purchases... Sorry, I'm very angry. Yeah, Go on. Because they did say that you can re-download things. So, like, anything you've bought is still active. It's just you can't go in and buy new things, right? Um, that's the issue. Mm-hmm. You can re-download stuff, but you just can't go in and actually make new purchases. Um counterpoint for how long are they going to keep that going not very is my presumption not very not very is my presumption and also like that's fine for us that's fine for us having like had that opportunity you know if if my kid wants to experience like the history of ratchet and clank four of those titles are stranded Mm. tools of destruction into the nexus quest for booty um, and a crack in time not in that order straight up no way to play them no way to play them legitimately. No <laughs> yeah, way okay. to give Sony money. I was like, do, 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 and then we'll, we'll come on. We'll, yeah, <laughs> come sail the we'll seven seas with me, good sir. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I know, but this pirate is, like, life for me. I know, honestly, though. Like, I just as much as when I see this and I go, oh, boo hoo hoo. I also go, <laughs> now the fun begins. You know, <laughs> like it's it's yeah. But again, that, that's a, a somewhat privileged view because we're technically yeah. savvy enough to get that running. Yeah. Like there, there's people who might want to play those games but not want to faff around with anything. Or maybe they've got moral objections. Maybe they really want to give Sony money to play that game and there's no way of them doing that. Um, and, and, you know, it's, 
There's yeah. also the preservation argument, there's various other things. Sorry, go on, Paula. I was thinking that even if, uh, for example, I have a PS Vita, but if my PS Vita broke down and I couldn't get a new one, there's no way like to emulate the PS Vita, for example. No, there isn't yet. And that, that mm. really is the blind spot because PS3 is making some strides. PSP, the emulation is close to perfect. Uh, mm-hmm. PPSSPP can run on like a toaster. It's, it's really well-optimized code. But yeah, and, and let's give the devil his dues. One thing Sony does well that Nintendo, for example, doesn't when the 3DS eShop inevitably goes down. Uh, those purchases are tied to a central account. So like, obviously they're not going to make the hardware forever, but I can put a new... Um, I can put a new Vita in my hands and log into the account. And assuming the downloads are still up for the duration, that still works. Yeah. Um, I can move my memory card into another console. Again, log into the account. It will read all of that memory card stuff because they're both tied to the same account. Um, that, that just isn't necessarily true with Nintendo. On the flip side, from a business perspective, if we want to look at it that way, <clears throat> one of the big things that Sony has over uh, Microsoft is like, an extra decade's worth of gaming history. Mm-hmm. If you're a teenager now, you have no way of tapping into that. And they have no way of leveraging that because they're not letting you see those games. Um, and it's almost giving Microsoft a win they don't deserve because yes, Microsoft do a lot in terms of backwards compatibility, but that compatibility is only like 40% for like OG Xbox games. It, it's oh. not as high as people would have you believe. Oh, maybe for OG. Yeah, but for Xbox 360, it's nuts. It's, it's way up there. Um, right. Whereas for, for PlayStation Two, I the emulation for that, and also the hardware, I think was a bit simpler as well. I might be talking out my ass, but I feel like that's a thing. Guarantee, if they actually like put a modicum of effort in, you could have far more than forty percent of the PS Two games running on a PS Four or a PS Five. So that it, it it's a stupid business decision as well as a really bad consumer based decision. It not only bad for your consumers, but Many developers found out um, the same day the same day we were that all the stores for those systems were shutting down. Mm-hmm. Some games actually had to be cancelled because they couldn't uh, make it before August. It's been a sad forty-eight hours on Twitter. I'll, uh, I'll yeah, tell you that because the Vita so, did have some we- development going on. Weirdly enough, but anyway, <laughs> still does somehow. There are some games still coming, so like Scourgebringer. Mm-hmm. that I mentioned before when we were talking about the planes, that that's coming on the 22nd. Um, there's a game called Aqua Kitty something or other. Mm-hmm. Um, they're announcing the dates for everything about that um, as we record tomorrow, so April the 1st. So we're, we're recording on Wednesday. Uh, this was all, the rumors were confirmed officially um, on, I think, Monday afternoon. Mm. Um, and then it's just been various developers tweeting out. So there was a game that I was quite excited for called Laser, um that guy was like yeah it's just not going to happen it's not going to be finished by the deadline uh russian subway dogs their devs like we're going to try and get it done uh it might get done but even if we get it done it's probably gonna, not going to clear peggy classification so you're probably not going to get it on the european store various games from a, a company called top hat who had like four or five different games on the slate and it's just like we were planning to release them clearly that's not going to happen anymore Mm. Um, they actually just released a physical for a game called Synergia, uh, which is like a, yeah. uh, I think it's a Yuri VN, um, I think on on Steam as well and on Switch and, and 
The, See, the big boy PlayStation. I wonder consoles. if Nintendo's just kind of going to be like, open their arms and like, hey, come join us. <laughs> you know, like. They have for a couple of years, to be fair. It's sort of the natural <laughs> progression for games that would have ended up there. They're like, oh um, no, Vita albeit it's not as easy a port job. No, of course Sorry? not. I, was, I know. I feel like Nintendo's like, oh no, the Vita's dying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. They're just like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> Come with us. <laughs> like that <laughs> South Park <laughs> bit. What are you going to do? Flips open nipple patches. <laughs> <laughs> right. I know. It, you know, I don't know. We see this happen all the time. It, it is weird because this is. Really, I think, you know, Nintendo started it in a lot of ways, right? Like, uh, this makes me wonder, actually, can you still buy games on the Xbox 360? You probably can, honestly. Um, I think you can. I think you can. Microsoft's like, whatever, we'll keep it all going. (laughs) They don't give a shit. Um, That's also because, you know, they're like, like, let's be real, too. Like, Sony is a big company, but Microsoft is like next level you know like i mean yeah (laughs) they're just like they dwarf sony in a lot of ways which is insane because sony is a huge company um Mm. but yeah sony's a big company but like in terms of revenue like their gaming division is the only one that really makes money at the moment like it pays for all their other stuff and um the the kind of money that microsoft spends on a zenimax acquisition and potentially discord not only is that like a percentage of their annual revenue but it's also like equivalent to all of Sony's annual revenue. Like the, it, it just isn't, it isn't a fair fight uh, from a business perspective. And actually that's probably a good segue. I'll, I'll shift it versus where we were going to talk about it. What does this mean in terms of Sony from a marketing perspective, um, from public perspective perspective, and also from like um, a strategy perspective, because obviously Microsoft made this big push. On two fronts, one, all your old stuff's still there. Mm-hmm. We're big on backwards compatibility, but the disc in, 40% of the time it'll work. Uh, but then on the flip side, they've got this whole Game Pass thing where it's like, we actually don't really want to buy you to buy new games. We want you to, to give us a recurrent fee and we'll let you have all the games subject to library availability and everything else, which is a whole other conversation that I'm not going to revisit again because <laughs> that would completely derail us. But Sony's big push seemed to be and to an extent still is, we will release a few games. We want you to buy that game. That game's going to be a big fucking temple you're going to talk about and love and the critics are going to lose their collective minds over. You know, God of War, The Last of Us, Uncharted, hopefully Ratchet and Clank in the, in the summer if it turns out to be as good as it is. Ghost of Tsushima, uh, out of fucking nowhere. Is that case damaged then if you as a consumer see it and go, well, that's great. I'll pay £60 for a digital copy. Uh, I won't be able to access it again in a decade. But see, I don't like, think it, it is. It's almost a, it's a mental ticking yeah. time bomb. Is yeah. that just my perspective, though, or do you think that percolates? Like, I, I actually... So, like, I think I agree with you, but I also think that when we talk about the average consumer for the PlayStation, they don't give a shit. They just buy the PS5. I mean, think about it. Think about how many people bought a PS5 when there was fucking nothing to play on that thing. Like... There was nothing. Everything could have been played on the PS4. Like, there was nothing to play on the PS5. There's still not really anything to play on the PS5. And it's like... My barber uh, paid a scalper to play the new Call of Duty on PS5. Right, which is insane to me. Like, And that's why I'm saying where it's like, if people are just buying Call of Duty every year, 
I'm like, they're like, they hear the PS3 is closing and they're like, people still play that? Like, do you know what I mean? It's like, and some people go PS what? When they say the Vita, unfortunately. And then there is the hard, there's the group. But, but I also think it's kind of a double-edged knife because, you know, Nintendo kind of did this actually with the Wii. So like they, they, they brought the Wii and they brought in all these new players, like all these new people. But then they kind of realized like, shit, the people who actually consistently buy things from us are people who have a passion for video games, you know? Like this is the thing because that you, you're almost making my point for me in the sense mm-hmm. that, yeah, you it's not going to matter to the people who buy card and FIFA every year, but that's all they fucking buy. <laughs> and the, the the people whose attach rate is nutty, who are going to arguably have a comparable effect on your income and your bottom line, are really going to care about this stuff. Slightly extended point: they sell a console without a disc. Obviously, oh, it's like, no. yeah, yeah, egg fucking exactly that. So, oh no, digital is the future. Obviously, like that's what obviously they're pushing. Obviously, it doesn't no, matter. Please, no. It doesn't matter at the because moment because you're buying it. Doesn't last forever. <laughs> yeah, oh, I hate it. It makes me so sad. But I mean, you also have to all think too, though, and like, so this is hard because all right, arguably physical media. We always say like, yeah, physical media is something that lasts but then like try to go plug in your gamecube to your new tv right like you can preserve it if you maintain the old technology right um but even that starts to get outstripped and of course you have modding and stuff but then arguably i'd say like okay but if you're gonna mod your gamecube to play on your hdmi dude you're pirating shit too like you know what i mean you you have that capability um at that point and so like it is curious to me like i don't know i just I feel like we're sort of screwed because we're we're working within an industry which is not just video games but also technology that is constantly trying to and is and is constantly outdating itself, right? Like think about how like recently SD cards were the standard. Well, now we're in the micro SD card world. What's going to be the next form of storage? It's going to be a totally different thing. And when that changes, um the Vita is irrelevant at that point. You know what I mean? Like it do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you want to be like that, we're fighting a losing battle as carbon-based meat vehicles with an expiration date on a rock orbiting a ball of fire that's eventually going to go pop. Like, nothing lasts forever. Okay, I get that. No, 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 but, but that's like, not even my argument. I just mean more like the industries are kind of, they're, they're, they're sort of falsely creating this. Um, this, uh, oh my gosh, uh, what is it called again? False obsolescence Obsolescence is what you're yeah. thinking. Yeah, it's, manufactured it's obsolescence. or manufactured obsolescence. Yeah. Jinx. yeah it's um i i suppose that's the bottom line like i'd quite like not to have that option cynically snatched away from me in a yeah a a thinly veiled attempt to push me in the direction of the new product Mm -hmm. like i bought your old product because i like it and if if you only want me to like it until there's another thing for me to like well i'm gonna think again about giving you my money that that that's the bottom line yeah possibly a good segue in terms of sorry go on Oh yeah, Paolo, did you have any any thoughts on that? <laughs> Besides just realizing how Jovity is not making digital forever and selling you this digital console is, I don't know, just like, PlayStation has been like making so many weird decisions. Mm. It's just like, I'm actually surprised they're like not losing public and stuff. Like, they're not losing customers by doing stupid shit. Like, uh, sorry, go on. Like, I usually like play, um, well, I used to play like a lot of uh, mainly Nintendo, um, PlayStation, especially Vita stuff. Hmm. 
And I'm glad I hunted down any physical copy of any game I wanted to play, even if I wasn't like quite ready to play it yet, because the prices are skyrocketing. And they're gonna go higher. So yeah. this pisses me off because there are games that are trapped there. Um and some are RPs that people that like they're not revisiting or not bringing back. And that's like how like I'm not a Microsoft fan uh, by any means. Uh, like but they do get stuff right. Like um, especially like with having all the catalog games like available if you have like the older system and want to spend your money on the game. They also um, do this thing where it transfers over. I have to say that was what was incredible. Like yeah. I logged on, I remember I haven't had an Xbox since the 360 and when I booted up my Xbox Series X, they were like, here are all the games you own. And I was like, ho, 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 whoa, shit. Those are all my Xbox 360 games that I play. You know, like I was like, that's nuts. Um, it's just good stuff. But PlayStation, that never freaking happens. I got to read. Ugh. Anyway, there's a tangent. Go ahead, Bob. Yeah. Like for the PS3, because they wanted to do a world architecture to avoid piracy. Surprise, the PS3, you like put a USB thingy and ta-da, it is hacked. It, it, the thing pretty much hacks itself. Yeah, and they didn't even get all the games or all the best versions of all the games because devs didn't want to put the time. Mm. Like Bayonetta yeah. is a perfect example of that. If anyone remembers that, yeah. bar. I sort of feel like yeah. I, I I do feel like lately, like with the PS5 launch and everything, that I just. It, it seems like the PS3, Xbox 360 again. You know, like it really does. And like I know we go through cycles and stuff, but. I, like, look, success I bounced off. Success breeds complacency. I know exactly what you're going Right? Through. Success breeds complacency. Yeah. And like, I don't know. Xbox is just kind of like Duncan. Like, they're just like, oh, and you can disagree with a lot of their stuff. And I still think there's things that I'm like, I don't like where this is going. But like, I feel like they're sort of f- like filling this void that PlayStation's like, oh, shit. Arguably, the same went the other way, though. Because if you remember Xbox One, yep, um, the entertainment device that also plays games if you feel like it. <laughs> yeah. As long as you're always online, right? Like that. Exactly. As, as long as the connect can always see. Yeah, exactly. Though you know, it seems like they go through these cycles, and which which makes me wonder, like, oh, I'm sure by the end of the PS5's life cycle, it's going to be an incredible console. But like right now, it's like, yikes. Anyway, actually, now that I think about it, there was like, oh, was it like Ratchet and Clank or something? Mm-hmm. I don't know. There was like a PS5 game that is like single player, but started doing like the think the xbox tried to do, tried to do like the you're DRM thinking crash bandicoot to... specifically the pc yeah, version it's a recent Bandit. new story yeah, yeah thank you i'm like you... Why? Why? the irony is and this is so, a really sorry, awesome can you segue. explain what this is yeah yeah sure so um the most recent crash bandicoot game it's about time mm-hmm. which yep. excellent name by the way could we just stop and appreciate that, that for a second <laughs> wonderful bit of wordplay um it recently got put on the pc but you can only buy it through activision's battle.net portal oh, it's on PC that happened it's, it's on pc specifically yes. and i don't know whether it's just because it's on battle.net and they didn't think about it or it's because they thought they could get away with it or maybe a combination of the two um but it had always online requirements you couldn't play it without an active internet connection which is fucked for a single player platformer that otherwise has no reason for you to connect to the internet fun part about that is uh that's a great reason for the pirates to pay extra special attention <laughs> and uh it was cracked inside 24 hours <laughs> amazing and, <laughs> and that beautifully 
excellent segue opportunity you've made there, Paula, brings us on to the case for piracy that this whole Sony situation makes, um, which is one, preservation, and two, just access generally. Like, clearly, Sony and Nintendo, if you think about the Wii eShop, like, there's some exclusives there that you just straight up can't get anymore. Um, like, one I'm planning to play soon, um, Castlevania The Adventure Rebirth. Oh, I played that earlier uh, I think they made year, a couple actually. of others in other series. Yeah, so it's, um, you can't play the Rebirth version anywhere. It was an eShop exclusive. It's never been re-released. It's never been ported. And, and that, by all accounts, is one of the better Castlevania games. Far and away the best version of that Castlevania game. Oh, big time. Lost to all time, unless you... Like can navigate the the piracies of the internet in an emulator. Although I'm going to say this right um, now, it's so easy to get that game if you. <laughs> uh, if you have yeah, but I guess that's coming from a dude who knows how to do this. If you know what you're this. doing, yeah. This is the caveat, yeah. Like, but with yes, the varying. I, I do have to say though, like I don't consider myself. I, I'm fairly technically savvy, but everything I've learned is through YouTube. And so, what I will say is that, like, if you really want this stuff. It's a couple YouTube searches away. Like it's it's not that hard, you know. Okay, let me let me boomerang that on back at you though. This is a, a slight tangent, but I feel like it's worth exploring. Like you're clearly minded the way to back yourself to test things out. You're you're making a video game for God's sake. Like yeah, yeah, you're yeah, happy fair. enough fiddling <laughs> with code and things and tinkering, and that's the distinction. It's not necessarily tech savviness. I'm exactly the same. Everything that I've mm. like learned how to do, it's been a case of backing myself to work it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then if you look at generations around us people who aren't necessarily minded that same way it's not that they're not tech savvy it's not that they don't enjoy using the tech or working with the tech mm-hmm. it's that they're worried they'll fuck something up and they don't yeah. necessarily back themselves to experiment with. anyway like if you have like a very old system that is very hard to replace do you really want to <laughs> break it or something and that's yeah fair. or even if it's an economic thing where like let's say you want to emulate on a laptop but you don't trust yourself to find downloads of that getting a virus on the machine that, especially in these times, you might be relying on to work for as well as everything yeah. else. And look, it's not um, ideal. Obviously, it'd be nice to have good front-ended, you know, excellent um, systems for it. But at least there is a way to do it, you know. Um, for PS3 and PSP anyway. Hopefully yes, Vita yes. one day. The interesting thing yeah. with Vita is how you emulate that back touch. Yeah. Huh? It's kind of like... I, I think they... They Sorry, fixed it with the DS, though. So, I mean, you know, the but again, the DS is almost easier because it's just kind yeah. of like a mouse. Um, and it only has one side. There are yeah. games that require both touch in in, uh, yeah. in, um, in in simultaneously is the word I was looking for there. I wonder if they just like map it to four quadrants mm. and you, you just have four keyboard, keyboard buttons to, mm. to do those quadrants. Um, but that that is a whole <laughs> other conversation. Um, but yeah. Emulation piracy is the way forward. Hopefully in the future, mm-hmm. those games will look prettier and be better as a result also, which is also um, a nice bonus. One thing I want to do super quickly, um, and I, I don't know if you guys want to chime in as well, is um, talk about very, very quickly um, some games to get before they're gone forever, specifically in terms of Vita. And before I jump in with mine, because I've got a little list, uh, Paolo, there was one you wanted to shout out specifically, wasn't there? Oh, yeah. There were like a couple of games because... Well, as a member of the Atomic Armada representative in this podcast, <laughs> I had to shout out like the games are pretty much gone forever. Like at least if you don't speak Japanese here, that are um, Sweet Fuse for the PSP, nor Nine Bar Commons for the PSP. Though there's a Switch release in Japanese, so they might 
be a localization in the coming years, but if you just want to make sure you get the beta version. But that book works, that is, well, I think one of the shorter PS Vita games, but I think it's really worth your time if you're into that. And Beer Cube, Chagos of Amadeus, that is pretty much like, kind of like an isekai or kind of like trapped in a video game kind of game. Okay. Uh, also, there are two fun patches. One that you need the uh, either a physical version or a legal digital copy for you to get handled the, the patch. And that is for the PS Vita. I'm trying to work out how they could possibly enforce that. Um, it's pretty, sure, surely if you've got an ISO, you can just patch the ISO. It's very much like you have to give them a proof of purchase be- before they send uh, you the patch. That'll only last so long, but yeah, I'll take the point. Okay. So yeah, that would be... Um, I'm going to butcher this, sorry. Diabolic Lovers for the PS Vita. And only the Vita version has an English patch. And this is very important because the company Reject doesn't like localizing their products. Which you, is could, you could say sad. they reject that idea. I reject that idea. God damn it, Rico, just leave though. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna link down. It's the automavn.com. I'm gonna link it down in the comments anyway, so you can like go check it out, see if it's your kind of vision novel you're looking for, and the other. And the other one that is like you can really like get the patch the GitHub link the uh, the people that work on the patch are like hey um, you can do this like anyway but we would be like really happy if you uh, supported the developers and that is Hakuoki SSL or Sweet School Life that is like kind of like a Hakuoki spin-off kind of thing and it's only on the Vita and it has a an English patch yeah that you can like hack on your Vita and uh, play it. In English, if you want. So those are my colors. Um, what about you, Rick? I know you have a list. I, I do I know, have a list. I didn't name one of the games because I know you haven't. Go on. Uh, probably the Persona games. Persona 3, Portable, and Persona 4 Golden. And Persona 4 Dancing All Night. And Persona 4 Ooh. Dancing All Night because hey, Dancing All Night. <laughs> you can yeah, yeah, I mean, you, you could technically get it on PS4, but it didn't. But it really. Of it, it, it's limited enough that I feel happy enough calling uh, Persona 4 Dancing effectively a Vita exclusive. So uh, before we move on, there's a couple of other games that have patches. I think you can get the the thing illegally. The people who've done the patches don't particularly care. Uh, they are Zanki Zero and Catherine, uh, both games that had PS4 releases in the West but weren't localized for Vita. Right. So people have taken those patches and, and effectively implemented them in the Vita release, which is... Uh, Pretty cool. Uh, the the thing got the release on Vita. Yeah, so in Japan it was a, a Vita and PS4 release, and then uh, when it came over to the West, it was just PS4 oh, um, because they. Sorry, oh, sorry I was going to say over the Persona games, the only one that the only game besides that on the PlayStation Vita that I can like recommend is uh, Lunar Silver Star Harmony. That's only on the PlayStation Vita and the PSP, and it's really really good, and I really like it. And get it, because I remember it was dirt cheap when I got it, and it's probably still dirt cheap now. What was your list, right? Yeah. So I'm going to... Speaking of Persona, like the the first Persona games that are on PSP are only available on the PSP each up. Yeah, and they're also trash, so just don't worry about them. Um, (laughs) Well, 
they're an acquired taste, I think. Acquired taste, I feel like, is what we always say when something's like, not that great. But no, I know, I know, I, I agree with you. Some people love them. So sorry, that, Rick, rattle off. What's your list? It, yeah, it, it's almost a misnomer to call them Persona games. That's the thing, because mm-hmm. like Persona 3 was a radical shift from Persona and Eternal Punishment and Innocent Sim, which is like the Persona 2 mm-hmm. duology. I own the two that were released officially. They're still <laughs> theoretically doing a fan translation of Eternal Punishment, and eventually I will play that also. Um, so a few PSP recommendations really quickly. Uh, Dissidia, I want to Geodesim, cool. excellent. Um, MGS Peace Walker, some great memories playing that with my with my little brother. It's also the only Metal Gear game that I've really properly got into. Mm. Like MGS3 is fine, but not so much bothered about the others. Um, Persona 3 Portable, obviously. Um, Castlevania, the Dracula X Chronicles. The Third Birthday, again, arguably an acquired taste, but in my view, like an exceptional third-person shooter. Um, Valkyria Chronicles 2, and um, an underrated classic called The Red Star, which is like a twin-stick shooter for PSP and um, PS2. I really? might be crazy, but I think I saw also like a fun patch for Rakia Chronicles 3. There is, yeah, there is one of those. Um, haven't played it, can't speak to its quality. If it's anything like VC2, then absolutely play that as well, yeah. So with the Vita Library, like there's three broad categories. There's the big obvious games, your P4G, Uncharted, Golden Abyss, Freedom Wars, Gravity Wash, all the Danganronpa games, although they're not available digitally anymore. Um, so you're going to have to pay through the notes for a physical copy at this point because all the licenses reverted mm-hmm. then there's like the multi-platform games that were best on vita uh so deadbolt played really fucking good um the hotline miami geology which i've played through like three times each on vita like that is the best place for those. arguably that's um, just as good on the switch but yeah I keep... <laughs> yeah we are. you can argue it yeah <laughs> especially switch light but anyway keep going yeah dragon's crown and odin sphere um velocity 2x the swapper Valhalla uh, and the Zero Escape trilogy. Mm. And the East Games, maybe? And the East Games, definitely. Yes. How on earth did they not get on my list? Mm. Um, and Fortunately, then, a lot what of you these com- are on other things too, but yeah. Yeah, but the, the thing is, like, often they are just straight up better. Like, I don't know about you guys, I hate playing a VN, like, hunched over the computer. I much prefer, like, having it, like, on a handheld. And yes, you can remote play and you can do things like that, but. Like I know for a fact, the Danganronpa games, for example, I wouldn't have gotten nearly as into um, if I hadn't been able to like curl up on a sofa or in bed with that on the Vita. Um, like, it, it is just not the same on the PC. Yeah, Zero Escape has and three still... DS releases though. So, um... <laughs> oh no, they did, they did, they yeah, all released that. They're, way, yeah, they're there, me. yeah, and they're, yeah. they're they're probably I I. I'm... I played the first one on the DS. Then I played Zero Escape on the PlayStation Vita, which was great on there. But arguably on the 3DS, they they work even better just because they have the touchscreen and stuff. It just kind of works nicely in that world. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, and this this is sort of part of the point. Like I originally played Nine Hours, Nine Persons, Nine Doors, which is the first of the Zero Escapes mm-hmm. on an emulator. Mm-hmm. And like I loved it. Mm-hmm. But I know for a fact I loved the replay more when I managed to like source a DS cartridge. Mm-hmm. And like, there's just something about having it in the hand. Well, if um, you ever the want as well. to uh, oh, across the pond, borrow it. I have that on the DS. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, um, it's, and then it, the final one, just really quickly, is the mm-hmm. actual true exclusives. And if you listen to one thing I say ever on this podcast, <laughs> it is like between now and the end of August, when it goes away forever, 
get Muramasa Rebirth and get the collection because like the core game is on Wii. Not as good, not as pretty, probably not as mechanical. I don't know if there's any waggle control in that, but if there is, I can't imagine it's like an addition to that game. But more importantly, um, they released four DLC campaigns for that game called the game Roku Legends. Um, each one like two to four hours long, different protagonists, completely different movesets, self-contained little story within that universe. Those DLCs are as good as, and in some cases, better than the main campaigns. They're exceptional, and it is a crying shame that there's going to be no way to access them in in a few months' time. It, it's truly criminal. I'm with you there. That's a great game. That's one of the ones I've um, on the Vita. Yeah, hundred percent. And then of, of the ones, sorry, go on, Pala. I'm just gonna have to get that copy, please, <laughs> Yeah, and um, you can still get it physically on PlayAsia. They did a reprint, um, or just get it, get all the collection digitally. Um, and then the other ones I've listed really quickly uh, are Persona 4 Dancing, um, Sound Shapes, which no one talks about that anymore, but it's wonderful on PS3 and Vita specifically. We had the touchscreen for the level editor and everything else. Uh, and to round it out, Earth Defense Force Two: Tales from Outer Space or Planet Space, whichever it was, um, which that enhanced remake is only available on Vita. Well, there there's you go. Loads of others. There's loads of people doing YouTubes, but that that's yeah. all we've probably got time for. Alex has been doing motion. Yeah, I got, in minute. I got to keep us on yeah, track. Alex <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about Vita for too long. That, that should Alex be a slogan for our, to... uh, <laughs> for our podcast. You're talking about the Vita too long. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be on my appetite. Yeah, um, exactly. All right, so yeah. let's let's move on then to the question of the week, um, which comes from our resident cock, as usual, uh, aka cockroach. Um, I, I'm never going to not make <laughs> that joke. Uh, and he asks a really interesting question. So he says, what's a game that really got to you personally? Maybe it helped you get through a hard time in your life or something about it just really hit your emotional core. Maybe it helped you discover something about yourself that you didn't see beforehand. A light question for us. <laughs> yeah. A really light question for us. Yeah. I will start, maybe not with all of mine, but just with one that I know that I've talked about uh, on the pod before, and that's Ghost of Tsushima. That game is more emotionally affecting than it has any right to be. Um, and there's going to be mild spoilers now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about the ending and about um, the ending to a side quest that's like in the, in the main thing. So, oh, Alex has gone off. Right, okay. <laughs> oh, if, you, if you're planning to play it, I don't want to spoil it for you. I'll, I'll leave it be. You're talking at me. You're muted. I can't hear what you're saying. Yeah, I haven't played it, so I don't want to know. <laughs> Are you planning to play it? Yes, I am. <laughs> okay. Get 13 Sentinels when you plug your PS4 back in. I will. Well, this is when I <laughs> eventually get a PS5. I'll buy both of them, and I will play them. I'll okay. play 13 Sentinels right. first, yeah. even, just to make you feel better. <laughs> you all heard that. Everyone's my witness. This is committed to take I will. Now. I will. Oh. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll just say Ghost of Tsushima. Like, absolutely, like hit an emotional sort of core of resonance with me um, in terms of the way its story went, in terms of your relationship with a couple of other key characters. Wonderful game, even without like that aspect of it. And mm. I'll leave it there. Mm. Uh, right. And I'll, I'll talk instead briefly about one that we've all played, uh, mm. which is a short height. Mm. And it, it, it's not like a really sort of grand epic tale. And I think that that's sort of the power of it. It's like this really nucleated personal journey just about climbing a fucking mountain and like an allegory is allegory the right word rather let's say juxtaposed with like this this character's journey to 
to understand herself a little bit better, to come out of her shell, to understand the, the power of enjoying the journey and, and grow and develop. Nice. Just wonderful. And I think I think that ties in with the gameplay as well, just the hmm. the whimsical nature of all of it. I think it's just a, a perfect unit. Um, speaking of what we've played, Nevain is another another great one. Hmm. And I know... <laughs> I think it was Ashgazer on the on the on the Discord was asking me like why it hit me the way it did, and um, I don't think it's even a personal thing in the way that Cock was asking. I think it's just written in such a way and told in such a way that it's really easy to connect mm. with the the feelings it's going for. Um, well, it's poetry, right? And I mean, poetry affects us in different yeah. ways. Um, in fact, it's not even necessarily a game, right? It's kind of it, it crosses that line and. I think it's it's hard to explain poetry's effect on on yourself because it is a personal experience um, by default, right? Like it's just kind of how it goes. Hmm. Paula, do you want to share what you said you got? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got like a couple of big um, emotional hits for me. I yeah. I also have like a couple of like emotional little, um, mentions, mainly my grandma's, because some of those side missions are really really dark and emotional, like. Yeah. What's then it made like... me cry. I am. Awesome. I know I'm a cry baby. But... What's your like big one? My big ones are investigations two hmm. and Cafe Enchante. Okay. Investigations two is mainly because of the overall topic of the game. Because any of you plan to play the game though? No chance. Alex, I'll, I'll give you a signal when I'll give you a signal when we're back in, Alex. Okay, so I played this back in 2019. And it was like a really difficult time in life. This game actually touched on some topics like of how Mel's Edgeworth was kind of like not really sure on where to go with his life because like his father his father was a defense yeah, defense attorney and he's like a prosecutor and was like, should I really be like following my father's justice? Am I doing like a disservice to what he believed in? And uh, pretty much like being torn between like following his father's way in the way he or just doing his own thing and finding like his own form of justice and his own way in life pretty much and that really like hit her for me because it was like pretty much the same issue I was tackling at the time so I cried a lot with this game and it it, it left me like an empty tail for a couple of plays before I could like actually gather my thoughts on it. And finally, Café Enchanté. Okay, Café Pain Chante. It is called Café Pain Chante for a reason, okay? <laughs> People of this game in Otome Armada, but holy crap, it hurts. And uh, this one is like way more personal to me be- uh, than Investigations 2 because uh, there's this one character, Il, that is like kind of like a Otome hand, like really. And Otome fan really like harder most of the time, but the stuff he goes on on his route, and this is your, your spoiler alert for any listeners who want to play the game. Like Il from Capenchante, Ipaladeria has like stuff that other people find like really easy or like day to day stuff at some point become like kind of difficult to him. Like for other people, it's like, uh, but this is easy. Just it's just like breathing, like. Why are you having trouble with this? And I, I'm actually like kind of the same that there are like some stuff that people like tell me is like, why can't you do this? Or why are you like this? Or this is simple. And I'm like, but it isn't simple to me. And when I'm actually able to do the thing, it's 
a burst of joy that I feel. And when Il had that moment in in his route, it 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 just triggered the feelings, and I just couldn't stop crying because of how close to home that was. So yeah, that's like why that game hit me even so much harder. So yeah, I think that's a big part of all of them, isn't it? Where uh, it's sort of a, a perfect. Uh, storm of the game and a parallel with with wherever you're at same as what you're saying about um edgeworth thinking about it the world ends with you is probably a similar one um (laughs) for me at the at the time when i came to that and i know it's relatively cliche and what it was but then like that was 08 like that i was yeah oh you're actually segwaying i was was right in my teens when that came out yeah, so I was actually oh. going to say, like, this is good because I was saying that I haven't had an experience that is extremely emotional with games probably since teenagehood, when in general, when you're in adolescence, you experience emotions ex- like far more intensely. That's just part of being Literally, an adolescent. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's like literally a part of our wiring at that point. And I, I do kind of feel like video games haven't quite matured to the point yet where they've really intensely impacted me. Now, I think visual novels are an interesting difference because they're... Uh, they're kind of a bridging of mediums, right? And so I think that they, in a lot of ways, can be far more emotionally impactful because they are also bringing in the novel world, right? And so they're bringing in that sort of narrative complexity that I think some video games can't do quite as well. Like, for instance, Last of Us has impacted me. um, And even the second one I played, I was like, God damn. But I also don't think it like really changed me because when I went and then like, you know, sat back and thought more and reflected more, I was like, Oh, the point it's making is actually slightly, uh, simple, um, versus, uh, you know? So, um, but anyway, also that one specifically just on the tiniest tangent, like they take away your agency and that sort of ruins the thing it's trying to do for me personally, without, like without getting too spoilery, the but, way it, yeah, so the base, way the last of part one sets itself up. Oh yeah. But basically that's, that's my point, right? It's that games haven't quite figured out how to um, hit that yet. Some are getting very close, but remember this is still a very young art form, right? And it took movies yeah. very long time to figure out how to like hit you in like a really effective way. Some might argue they always did, but eh, I'm not so sure. I've, pl- I've watched some old movies and I go fun. I'm not moved. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But the one game that did kind of move me when I was younger, and it's a weird one, was Golden Sun The Lost Age. And I think the reason is because it opened up to me a world of possibility. Um, And it was this crazy... So I played the second game first. I never played the first one. And it's actually really fun to start with the second one because everyone refers to this crazy stuff that's happened. And your character feels kind of like this guy who's like has to live up to like all of this crazy shit that this first dude did. And I don't know, it was really neat. And like, there was just the story wrapped me up and I just got completely absorbed in this world and in this sort of incredible uh, sort of thing. And so it really, um, it stuck with me because of my age. The other one I will say, Hypnospace Outlaw did hit me pretty nicely. I had a really incredible sense of like, wow, when I finished that game. But again, that's a game that mixes, um, that really mixes the world of video games. It's it's almost more of a simulation than a game, um, which maybe is a debate for another day too, what makes a game. But, uh, you know. Yeah, that's, that's and a- does Persona 5 Royal have it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's Persona oh, no. 5 Royal a game. <laughs> no, that's not. But anyway, I think that's, those are, that was a really it's a really interesting question right and i am looking forward to the day when a game really hits me to my core you know i'm looking forward to a time um when games kind of 
And when more than one does that, you know what I mean? When it's like no longer the outlier and suddenly I'm just smacked by games the way that movies hit me sometimes. But I also think as we get older, we just get more jaded to things. (laughs) You say that I'm way more of a softie than I was 10 years ago, like for any medium. No, like 100%. Sometimes, but for some reason, games don't do it for me. Uh, movies and shit, I'm like such a softie now, too. I know, it's so weird. Like, <laughs> even some songs and shit, I'm such a softie. But for some reason with games, I'm just like, no, me play, me good. <laughs> you know, I don't Also, know. it depends what you pick. Like, yeah. you're more likely to pick a movie that's going to, like, have an emotional um, cut through than, than you are to pick a game. Like, Loop Heroes, not to yeah. any heartstrings. No. <laughs> and actually, one last one just before we move on. I hope you both played this one. Ghost Trick. No, I haven't. I, it's on my list. I'm going to play that soon, actually. Um, I won't spoil it for you, but I will say that despite having it been spoiled before I got to the end, it was still like, oh, no. <laughs> it's oh, just like nice. such a wonderfully poignant um, ending. Well, I'm very Good excited display. to play that. Um, yes. All right. Well, let's move on then to our game. How long to beat the game? Um, Paola, can you tell us what are we playing with this week? All right. This time I am not ready. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. You can can cut the space out. So there you go. It is stupid. It didn't work. Um, Oh, motherfuckers, I find it. So while Paola's bringing this up, let's know that uh, the scores right now, Rick is at 33, Paola's at 30, and I'm at 28, which means it's anyone's game. Yes. What is it, Paola? Final Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, the Crystal Bears. (gasps) Oh, nice. Okay, the Crystal Bears. Um... Wait, okay, is the Crystal Bears... Um, the Wii the, one. It is the, the, it's Wii, the one. Wii one. Okay, okay. It's okay. the single player one where he's like, it's trying to tell a story. I played it quite recently. It's shit. I'm really <laughs> sorry for like... It's honestly atrocious. Like, there's, there's a great game somewhere in there, but like, it was killed having to fit into the Wii. Like, they've had to break all the bones. A couple of toes have gone missing in the process of squeezing it in. The eyes don't Ooh. move right anymore. It's just a whole mess of yeah I, i'm so not gonna try to take that any further uh crystal being fast for a diamond or a diamond in wrath it's like the reflection of a diamond in a smashed up mirror Holy is what it is it, it's not good like it let me let me see what i scored it i feel like i gave it a three or a four out of ten i heard and it's i'm surprised really i even bad, bothered so. to finish it it's it's, it's not good it's, it's really oh no this is where rig is uh taking the stats yeah. No, I'm not. I promise <laughs> you, I'm not. Uh, I've just got my rating up. So, um, Chris Cron, Chris Barris, four out of ten, I gave it. Wait, you actually finished it. I did. <laughs> and I'm not really sure why. In fact, no, I take that. I take that back. I'll tell you why. I I got that for like a Christmas when I was 14 or 15. Thought it looked incredible. It was still in the shrink wrap as of a few months ago, or whenever I got around to playing it. And so there was like this idealized version of what the game could have been in my head. And I felt like I owed it to younger me to at least see it through. Uh, I wish I hadn't. I feel like this isn't a long game. I don't know. I It could be. It It's a little bit like Cyberpunk. Like you can totally bum yeah. rush the main path, but there's, there's lots of side bollocks to do as well. Jesus. What? See, I don't feel like I'm confident that I know. Nah, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I don't. <laughs> I don't feel confident that I can guess one of these times. Let alone two or three of them. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, I know what I'm putting. Oh, no. Um, uh, yeah. So I am going to put nine hours for main. I'm going to put 13 hours for main plus, And I'm going to put 20 hours for 100%. This is really that third of a game? I mean, it, it's I not know. like a full-blown RPG. No, it's like an action game. Yeah. Deal, Seth. And okay. not a good one at that. In case I hadn't like made that crystal clear already. No pun intended. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I actually realised mid-sentence that's what I'd done. I didn't even plan that bit. I don't believe you. Well, <laughs> I don't blame you either. Uh, um, should I say 10 hours for main? Or less? Uh, I'm I, so I'm thinking twelve hours because I just don't think if there's any way this game is okay. Hold on, let me think. Okay, yeah, this wait, game is did this game use motion controls? Yeah. It did use motion controls. Yes, okay, um, it also had like really problem. it had really horrible IR aiming. Oh no! And like a battle okay. system that was based around that in the worst possible way. Okay. It can't be that long of a game because otherwise people won't play it. But it can't be that third of that game either because people are gonna that play it are gonna struggle with the motion also, controls. Maybe for the audience at home, while these guys are working out their times, it had the most horrific like um, time of day cycle. So basically, whenever you walked into um, a combat area, like that would be your daytime, and if you didn't defeat all the enemies, it would just time you out and like revert the area back to normal. But there was no physical way of you beating all the enemies. And there are certain drops that are predicated on you beating all the enemies. I think the only way that you could maybe do it is if the motion controls worked as intended and you could do exactly what you wanted to do with 100% accuracy. Not even remotely close to being that accurate. Not even remotely close to being like a third of that accurate. It just wasn't good. I really didn't like that game. It made me sad. I wanted it to be so much more. And it could have been. And now it never will be. And now nothing ever will be in that franchise because they botched the uh, Crystal Chronicles remake, didn't they? Oh, right. I'm so yeah. confident about this. I'm like, uh, my brain is like reeling. I keep changing all my scores. Right now I have like 12, 13, 19, but I'm like, I don't even know if that's accurate. I kind of want to go higher, but then at the same time, I'm like, but I don't know. Is completionist, can you even go much higher? Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, the answer is yes. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to change anything anymore. So uh, I'm going to say for main, it's going to be nine hours, 30 minutes. Main plus, I imagine you're not going to do much more, but still do quite a lot. So I'm going to say 12 hours and 30 minutes. I'm going to say that's like the lower of extra quest you're doing because you don't want to play that game anymore. So I'm going to say 100% is 21 hours, 30 minutes. Because there's going to be like either a lot of quests that are short or... A few quests that are a pain in the ass to complete. Okay. So I'm going to go. Nice. I, I'm just going all over here. I feel like I feel like this is a linear experience um, with slight deviations. Like I, I feel like it's likely linear because um, I can remember this game slightly. And I I don't know. I think it was doing the 13 thing where it's like, like a little more linear, but I don't remember entirely. So I'm going to go 11 hours main. I'm going to say 12 hours main plus and ah, let's bump this up. I'm going to go 18 hours um, and a half for 100%. Oh, okay. my 100 up. I'm yeah. bumping my 100 up to 22. I feel like I've labeled that one. But we that's well, fuck all now. I'm, no, all I'm, I'm, I'm afraid. <laughs> God, should I even... You know what? This I'm gonna... is the thing. Are you, going, are you going for broke? Are you going for all five? Oh, no. That is... 
He's price is righted me, or I'm has gonna, he? No, I'm gonna um because twenty that would be twenty five hours this way, fifteen something that way. I'm gonna go twenty and a half. Interesting. Okay, but I'm not really sure. I believe that. And okay, okay, <laughs> I've got it. I've got it. Let's just see. Let's just see, Paula. Yep. And now, and now we're locked in. I can tell you for a fact, it's not a linear game. Like it, it's a, it's an open world with loading levels in between, and you go back and forth gotcha. in and around okay. it. So, main story: eleven hours. Okay. Main plus extra: seventeen hours and a half. I'm still in. Okay. Yes, we're all still in. Completionist: twenty-eight. Did I, did I fuck that up? God damn it! Hours. Oh. No. <laughs> We're so close. I knew oh, I globaled it. I knew I globaled it. Damn it. I we were knew close. I globaled it. Oh, I'm quite angry with myself. You put 24 for a second and then rubbed it out. I, I should have put 24. <laughs> yeah, that would have been good. Oh, well. I'm actually kind of happy that I got so close considering I had no idea with this game. Well, that's it for this yeah, week, I'm- everybody. Um, next week, we have a special guest. Oh, mm-hmm. look out for that. And by next week, we mean like in three days because this week's recording is very, very late. Yeah. Well. And a little, little bit of foreshadowing. Uh, we're going to be playing Monster Prom 2, Monster Boogaloo, uh, <laughs> with, with the opening <laughs> guest. So look forward to hearing some more about that, as well as all the other stuff we've been playing and doing. Nice. All right. Toodaloos. All the best till then. Bye-bye.